Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. Wow, look at how off my camera is. What's up, you guys? <laughs> it's The List and your boy, July 24th. And you know what, Jimmy? What's that? According to Twitter, it's your birthday. It might be. It might be. It might be. Oh, my name, camera. Well, Jimmy, you know, I can't afford the types of surprises that you give me. Uh-huh. But I come bearing gifts, Jimmy. You do? Oh, and they are great ones. Are you ready, Jimmy? I hope so. Here we go. Well, first off, it is a land before time vintage stuffed animal. I'm yeah, actually, is, I'm actually, that's going to be a gift to me. That's this is the real deal. You got to come here to pick it up. I got to, I got to go there to pick it up. I have a cord that I'm not sure what it's to, but I haven't needed it in a while. Might not need it again. I saw something like this in a movie. What was the movie that did something like this? It doesn't matter. A flat rate envelope from the United States Postal Service. I don't think it's even been used, so I paid for it. I don't know what's in here. Is it opened? We lost Sean. Oh, Sean's back. Yeah, Kentucky Uh, Internet. It's got some sort of art in there. I don't know what that is. Do I get the art too? How about this? How about this? A very used Darren Drozdov Jack's Pacific action figure vintage vintage here, here is the coup de gras i originally gifted this to my grandparents it's still got their picture in it they died now it's yours i get to have that really of course if you come and get it they're dead now they don't need it so I'm, it's yours i but, might actually show up just to get this stuff but jimmy here's here's the big one and this one i can confirm is already at your office okay a sony 4K 
video camera. It's sitting in your office right now somewhere. I am familiar. I'm familiar. So, because I got it for you for your birthday. Uh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I did. I for sure did. So Sean got an open box special at Best Buy of the exact same camera that we have in the office so that he, he can use it for interviews. Because he doesn't pay me enough. Yeah, that's what I, it is. That's what it is. I had to get this open box that some toddler probably went through. Mm-hmm. So I got it on a sweet discount with my Best Buy credit card. But Well, you know what? I want to say a couple of things. So first off, we are two weeks away. R.I.P. <laughs> we are two weeks away. Your internet is trash today, Sean. It's it's pausing. Is like, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, your, we're good. Your internet's trash. So uh, first off, we're two weeks away from Sean Ross Sapp coming to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Third year in a row, Sean, that he's coming. Yeah. Can you can you believe that when I met Sean Ross Sapp, he had never traveled anywhere before, and since he met me, this is going to be his third trip. Plus, he went to Vegas. He's going, yeah, going, to going to Chicago. That means that I am just the I'm the miracle man, Sean. That's yeah, what I am. I'm probably probably going to DC too, based on the flight costs. There you go. Um, so, AEW. We'll talk more about that later. But yeah, we'll talk about that later. Unfortunately, Jimmy, let's talk about this. All of that is undone by the fact that I went to San Antonio a couple of years ago. Oh, that that's is right. a scar that will never heal over. Well, yeah, but you know what? It's easier to heal when you know you're coming back to Toronto. That's a good point. Greatest city you in know, the world. And you know I'm going to take care of you, and you know that we have the ball game this year again. And I think I'm even going to have you at my house, and ooh, uh, ooh. and we'll go. Are you a swimmer? Do you like to swim? I hate swimming. Okay, oh, I sw- can swim. You can swim? I can, yeah, I can swim exceptionally well. Okay, I'm just good. Not a big one. Okay, well, I got a pool, so maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll have a swim day if the weather permits. We'll see how it goes. Cool. Uh, next thing I want to do is I want to thank my wonderful wife. Uh, last Sunday, so we're doing this on July 24th, last Sunday, I'm sitting around cleaning my barbecue because I'm going to barbecue for lunch, right? Cleaning, yeah. cleaning my barbecue. I glance at my driveway, and one of my guys, uh, that's a friend of mine that, that also works here, he happened to walk up the driveway. I look at him, I go, what the hell are you doing here? He better not have been telling you about what gifts I got you for your birthday. Uh, you're lucky he did not. He did Ooh. not. He, I said, what are you doing here? He said, I was in the neighborhood. I said, uh, you live on the Danforth, which if you don't know Toronto, the Danforth is nowhere close to where I live. Yeah. And he looked at me and kind of smiled and said, I really was in the neighborhood. As it turned out, my wife planned a surprise party for me. All, <laughs> my, all my friends showed up, and, uh, and we had a nice afternoon. That was amazing, so I want to thank my wife for that. And I'm to, sure all three of you had a great time. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, all yeah. of his friends. Yeah, me, me my, uh, my left hand, my right hand, and my one friend from the office. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, today, July 24, you recall what I used to have as my beverage prior to coming up to this media room, well, the lovely and talented and beautiful Nicola, who Sean knows. uh, Wonderful. She works for me, and Nicola is a sweetheart, and she knows I love her. We got a picture of the cake she came up with, Sean. Nicola came up with this on her own. Look at this cake Nicola came up with. Put that up, Brady. Look at that, Sean. Amazing. Isn't that? That's a cake? That's a cake, man. That is incredible. It's amazing. The whole thing is edible. The whole thing is cake and fondant. And uh, she brought that out for a little uh, office celebration. And I, I said to her, wow, that is a thing of beauty. So You know, you know I'm an inside source, uh, an insider authority, as people call it. I hate it when I see that on people's social media. Uh-huh. Uh, I have it on good authority that Nicola 
maybe gunning for the fightful championship. I think she's game, Sean. That's that's what I hear. We'll I see. also um, I think she's a fighter too. Well, I tell you what, I am a fighter, and I am in intense training. You are. Melissa versus me, thumb wrestling match. She has accepted. But the thing is, Jimmy, I hear she's not training that hard. Let me tell you, I'm training very hard. Sean, should I even ask on this podcast what in the hell you're doing to train your thumb, Sean? I guess you'll see. I guess we'll find out. Maybe I'll ask your wife when you come up here. So uh, moving on. You, Sean Rossap, posted something on Twitter this week that I thought was very interesting. I'm not going to sell you Japanese noodles anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) Wouldn't it be Canadian noodles that you wouldn't want to sell me, Sean? Or maybe American noodles? I don't know what you all do in that office. Anybody uh, that doesn't know the reference, FightfulSelect.com. you got to check out Stupid People Extended. The stories this week are ridiculous, so you got to check that out. So uh, Sean Rossap posted something on Twitter that I thought was interesting, and I wanted to bring it up. We have a screenshot. Put that up, Brady. Sean Ross Sapp wrote, I used to be so full of anger and jealousy professionally, and I feel bad oh, that I was. Off. I apologize if anyone else got caught up I'm in gonna that. I'm going to disconnect the call now. <laughs> no, this is nothing to be embarrassed about, Sean. There's a reason I'm, I, I put this up. Life is too cool to maintain that attitude forever, and I shouldn't have as long as I did. I put that up, Sean, because I wanted to put you over. Oh, wow. That's the reason I wanted to put you uh, That's the reason I wanted to put it up. When I first met Sean Ross Sapp, and any, and, any of, and any of our longtime listeners will know this. Sean was incredibly sensitive. And Sean did not take kindly. No, Sean, I'm putting you over, so you need to listen. He was incredibly sensitive, and he uh, despised all Internet trolls, and he responded to a lot of them. And I always, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to say I despised them. I was one of them. Well, that too. He, that too. He was an internet troll, but he used you know, to. They say once you're an internet troll, you're always an internet troll. It's like it's is that like what an they addiction. Say? Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. but Sean used to respond to a lot of them. I forever was telling Sean to ignore them. That it was a waste of time. And as time has gone on, I think you've improved a lot. You, you're you're still a little rough around the edges, and I still need to kind of work on you a little bit. But I hey, think I, I I can't sacrifice entertainment over everything i mean let's be honest some of the reason why some people follow me or do that is because i'm I'm willing to say some of these things now am i willing to say some of the things that i used to say no but we've seen incredible growth over the last year i mean it's true so i think it's working all right if if i have to zing somebody i'll do it but well i mean sean Sean knows because there's a lot of times where i'll text sean if he says something i don't like and I'll tell him, and I'll tell him to like cool it a little bit. But I, I think that you've improved a lot. I think you've matured a lot, and that's why I put that up. Not because I was trying to tease you. I put it up yeah. to put you over, man. Well, I mean, I can't, I can't count the number of times like we'll have somebody either working for us or like somebody I've trained at the gym or something, and myself and Carol will have a conversation about them, and I'm like, well, they're like 20, 21 years old. You, I mean, I, I'm still growing at 33. Like, yeah. I can't imagine like defining myself based on something I did or said in my early 20s and you know unless it was something horrific which fortunately didn't happen so another another 10 plus years Sean and you'll be like me and you'll ignore everything give yourself another 10 plus years yeah so I look forward to all right let's move on and talk about the story of the day we're doing this on July 24th I'm going to turn the floor to you Sean AEW made their news official today even though the date and the time was pretty much already known uh they made it official Turn it to you. What happened with AEW today? 
They announced their TV deal with TNT. It will air uh, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, two-hour time slot. So starting uh, uh, starting October 2nd, uh, Washington, D.C., thinking in the Capital One Center. That's a big venue, Jimmy. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Now, there there is not a name for the show. They said at the, uh, I think it's a Television Critics Association panel today that they will announce it soon. A lot of the more violent and you know questionable material will be stuck or kept on pay-per-view i like that it, i do too it's it's an interesting approach i like it um i don't know how their travel will be they say it'll be weekly live i mean yep. they see that they can run tiaa amphitheater and you know i'm I, this is me speculating maybe that could end up like an impact zone for them where if they yeah. need to go somewhere they could go there yeah but i don't think so because the press release said that the show will take place in different cities across the sure. nation each week that's what they said Oh yeah, so, I'm just saying that's that's a fail safe for them. <laughs> yes, like that, that could that could be beneficial. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about this. And I am too. I am too. I and... I had approached you a couple weeks ago. I couldn't run the story yet because there was there was a lot going on there. But WWE had told people in the know that no matter what night AEW ended up on, NXT was going to go up against it, and the hope is that it will be on Fox Sports to some degree. I don't know what channel. I don't know any of that. I right. don't know if NXT would be expanding to two hours, but straight up they're doing that. And I thought Dave Meltzer had a really good tweet a while back. Vince didn't really see the WCW competition coming. He sees AEW's competition coming, and he's going to do everything he can to prevent uh, a round two from going. I'm excited, man. I, I cannot reiterate enough, and we've talked about this on this podcast, I can't reiterate enough how good this is for the business. Yeah. Uh, and again, we've talked about how pro-WWE people hate AEW because they're threatened by it as fans for some reason, and pro-AEW people are just WWE haters. So you got a lot of people on one side that want the other to fail. I think this is great for the business because when you think back to the Attitude Era, which is arguably the hottest, well, not arguably, it is the hottest era in the history of pro wrestling, I think that there's two reasons why that was a fun era as a fan. The first reason is because you never knew who was going to jump ship. You never knew who from one brand, his contract was going to run out and he was going to show up on the next show the next week. That was fun. The other reason why it was fun is because I lost my train of thought, Sean. On what well, the other room uh, was. I'll tell you what, I have some contract news that I'm trying to verify. I'll tell you off the air, but yep. uh, that'll be coming to Fightful and Fightful Select soon. But a couple of interesting names that might be coming off the board soon. Today was a very newsworthy day, like between WWE Network relaunch and NWA and ROH severing ties because there's a lot of stuff yeah, going we'll on. Yeah, we'll talk about all that. Access, it's so much, yeah. Jimmy. We'll talk about it. And I, and I, I just got my train of thought back. The other thing I liked about those days is you'd see one show react to the booking of the other show. Yeah. And, and I always love that. Now, the one thing that's going to be different here, obviously, is that they're not going head-to-head. And so back, yeah. in, back in the day, uh, WWE, they would have a monitor with Nitro on. And at WCW, they would have a monitor with Raw on. And we're not going to have that here. But uh, I think that uh, one is going to push the other to, to do the best that they can do. I think as a wrestling fan, this is great. And I personally, I personally look forward to more situations where you have a Moxley show up on one show. And the time's going to come, Sean. They can't appease everybody in AEW. It's impossible. It's impossible. So the time is going to come that guys in AEW are going to jump to uh, WWE. And you think that they're not going to throw money at a guy like Jungle Boy if they have the opportunity, Sean? They will. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, especially with the numbers that I'm hearing, 
the pay scale has changed again, Jimmy. Not right. not just because of AEW. Right. The pay scale has changed again, I'm told, with Gallows and Anderson and what they got. Yes. An unbelievable amount. Right. Now, um, this changes a lot of stuff for us, too. We're used to going Monday, Tuesday, and then right. me and you are here wrapping up the show on Wednesday. So instead, it'll be like me and you, if we stay on Wednesdays, previewing a night of head-to-head action and throughout the week, there are no more back-to-backs. I can tell you I'm personally kind of excited about that because yep. it helps out our staff a little bit. Yep. But I was looking at the schedule, and I'm like, well, Tuesdays, I mean, I don't know if they'll be dead. We'll have all this fallout from Raw and yep. all this buildup for AEW. Will Thursdays be dead? Because we'll have all the fallout from AEW. Yep. And then, and and the then SmackDown, up, yeah. And the build-up from SmackDown. So yep. it's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm excited. I like new challenges. I like new things like that. I'm excited for the coverage. I mean, we might literally have podcasts going head-to-head. We might have, like, me and Alex on one stream, right. Warren on another, because we'd like to do our live post shows. Right. And it's, I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. I, I don't expect NXT is going to be competition. Like, I, I think that yeah. AEW is going to blow them out of the water in terms of ratings. I know that I don't think WWE expects them to be competition either. I think they're just doing what they can to try to erode the audience of AEW a little bit. But uh, I just think it's good for the business. I think it's good for the business. I think it's going to make yeah. it fun, especially if AEW does something really interesting in terms of booking. And then you tune into Raw because you want to see, or SmackDown, I guess, because you want to see how they're going to react to it. So uh, I think it's good for the business. Now, moving on, talking about some, uh, some more uh, AEW and StarCast stuff, I guess. They've added to All Out. They've added Darby Allen, Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and a triple threat. That is going to be wild. Uh, I love Ross that app. they did it, too. Now, I've, I've sounded off on the championship committee, and that's how they book matches and stuff. I prefer that over an authority figure right now. Right. Uh, I just don't want them to constantly refer to the championship committee, the championship committee like TNA did so much in the early days to the point to where it was frustrating. But this was set up perfectly on their Road 2 show. Uh, these three guys teamed up, and they lost at Fight for the Fallen. Right. They were blaming it on each other. They got into a fight. Now they're going to fight in the ring. Why not? And their styles, it's going to be wild. It's going to be it. wild. Can you imagine, without no, no disrespect to Jimmy Havoc, but can you imagine Janela and Darby Allen one-on-one? Oh, yeah. Because those guys are crazy. Like, yeah. it's, it's going to be a very fun uh, a fun matchup, I think. Now, one other thing uh, that's going to be happening all out weekend, you and I talked a little bit about this, and I again... Wow. Yeah, aside from that, aside from that, and I again told Sean Rossab, I just don't see it being the big deal that some people do. So uh, StarCast announced that CM Punk is going to be doing a, a Q&A. Uh, and Sean hit me up when it broke saying, you know, can you believe it? CM Punk is doing StarCast 3. And I kind of deadpan the whole thing to Sean, and I said, so what? Uh, my opinion, very much like The Undertaker at StarCast 2, it's a paid booking. I don't think anything else about it, but... Now, hold on. do you think have tried to pay him for this booking? I, I, I don't care. I don't care. Here's Why? How, well, I'm going to explain to you. Here's how I look at it. It's in Chicago. Punk every year, and I know he doesn't do a and a but Punk every year does a meet-and-greet with Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, so he usually does, like, one a year, a meet-and-greet type thing. So, and it's around the same time that he usually does it. So now he's just doing a Q&A in Chicago. It's an easy payday for him. My opinion, much like with Taker at StarCast 2, if it parlays to an AEW appearance, then it's a big deal. 
So if this parlays to Punk showing up at All Out, that's a big deal, and that would be a coup for AEW, uh, and that would be big for the business, I think. But if it doesn't parlay into an All Out appearance, to me, it's nothing. It's a, Here's it's why a I think it's appearance. a big deal. Uh, five and a half years since he's made a pro wrestling appearance in any capacity. Five years since the Colt Cabana podcast, which was the last time in a controlled environment that he right. has consistently been asked about wrestling. Mm. That ended up being pretty newsworthy. Mm-hmm. We're still feeling the ramifications of that today via lawsuits and all that. Uh, I wonder, I mean, apparently it's going to air on fight. That's not anything that's ever happened. He is still one of the most fascinating people, names, characters in pro wrestling, and a lot of people miss him. And I think he can be a very valuable thing. I mean, honestly, if here's the thing, if even if he doesn't wrestle, if AEW got him to do color commentary, that would be big. Oh, I, as I heard, agree. I absolutely as we've agree. Heard, that's he's fantastic at that. He yep. could be, and I don't know if it's something he'd be interested in, but I'm. I could see him being like their Jerry Lawler, their guy that does commentary, and if he has to step in the ring here and there, that would be cool. Of course, the speculation is going to launch. Uh, Young Bucks say, well, not right now. It's probably not happening right now, but I, I do think it's it's big and important, and I, I can't wait to take in this panel. It'll, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, you know, I, I think about Jericho's interview. Jericho did an interview where he said, we don't need punk, and yeah. Jer- Jericho is the king of reverse psychology. And so yeah. when I hear that, that makes me think, okay, maybe they're talking to Punk when Jericho says we don't need Punk. Uh, but again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it out. If he appears at All Out in any capacity, whether it's at ringside shown on camera, whether it's doing commentary, whether it's doing anything, then to me that is a coup for AEW. If it's strictly a StarCast panel, to me it's, it's nothing. But that's just my I opinion. He, it's my opinion. I think he worked himself into a shoot, so to speak, because you know how... Back in the day in that interview, he said, oh, I might go to PWG and wrestle the Young Bucks. Right. And then there are times when he said, oh, okay, nobody made me an offer. Nobody put a number down. Nobody did this. Well, let's be honest. Who besides WWE could have afforded the amount that he probably would have asked for? Well, I'll tell you what. Tony Khan can. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, and- think, at, I think at all in, they could have. But yeah. I, I think it was a situation where I don't think the Bucks. I think they wanted to gauge his interest before they even threw a number out there. Sure. And I think that Punk yeah, probably I, didn't. He probably didn't come off like he was interested enough for them to even throw a number out there. You know. Yeah, I can't pretend that I like know if they've they've done that, but I know that Matt Jackson has talked to him because he yeah. he said as much. Yep. Chris Van Vliet. And I'll tell you this too. I mean, sales one hundred and one. Don't make the first offer. And so the, if the Young Bucks aren't idiots, and I don't think the Young Bucks are idiots when it comes to business, they want Punk to tell them what he wants. They, yeah, don't, they don't want to tell Punk because they might end up way overshooting what Punk is willing to take. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so I don't blame the whole situation. One other note uh, regarding uh, AEW, and I think this is pretty noteworthy, and this is regarding Pac, a.k.a. Neville. He just lost that Dragon Gate belt, Sean. That Dragon, sure Gate, that Dragon Gate belt that was like an albatross when it came to booking Neville because or Pac because he, he refused to put anybody over. He lost that title. And so that tells me that it's going to open the door to AEW business. I don't know his visa situation, uh, but it would not shock me now if he appears at All Out. Yeah, I, he should too. I think that it's the best possible situation for him professionally. Right. Uh, it depends on how dedicated he is and if he wants to move back to the States or 
what his visa situation might be. I don't have a damn clue, but right. it's hard for me to believe that it's just, oh, he didn't want to lose because uh, he's not had any bookings in the U.S. in how many months, and that that's questionable to me. Didn't show up for StarCast? Okay. Interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on. How's our time? Uh, what do you think of our reunion? Nothing happened. It was shit. The Bray Wyatt it. thing was good. It was good. Uh, yep. The 24-7 title. Uh, sure. Right. Yep. The, the, the viewership, amazing. Yep. Good for them. Nothing happened. For me as a fan, again, because I, 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 I watch this stuff not just as a critic, I guess, but as a fan, too. It was great to see John Cena. Hadn't seen him since uh, WrestleMania, so it was good to see John Cena. It was good to see Stone Cold Steve Austin. We saw him at, what was it, Raw 25 in uh, January of last year. Uh, yeah. and, and it was good to see Stone Cold. I was surprised to hear that he was nervous cutting a promo, considering that he's one of the all-time great promos. So that was kind of interesting to me. But Stone Cold still looks to be in good shape. Like you said, the 24-7 stuff was fun. Um, I heard the booking was a mess because uh, Legends couldn't get medically cleared for contact. Did you hear about that? Several of them actually had a, an exclusive up on Fightful Select recently about that. Like People like Scott Hall are on a, a no-contact list, a strict no-contact list as far as getting physical and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, that, that's standard. Like, there are a lot of those people that WWE doesn't want the liability of them taking a punch, maybe maybe them taking the liberties of doing a bump on their own, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're in trouble. I I know a lot of people saw that Bray Wyatt spot, and they said, oh, no, he only did the mandible claw because Foley can't take his finish. And that is viable, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that was Mick Foley passing the torch to Bray Wyatt with respect to I the hope. Mandible Claw. Because Bray, this new Bray Wyatt character doing the Mandible Claw, a move that you can put a guy out with when he's fresh. That's a perfect finish for anybody, right? And, and it's, it's one of those you can do to anybody. That's what I'm saying. You can do it to anybody, yeah. and you can do it to them when they're fresh. And, and that's the kind of finish with that. Yeah. And it fits Bray Wyatt perfectly, yes, the Mandible Claw. So I really hope that that's what that was. Now, to me, there were two issues with Raw Reunion that I had as a fan and as a wrestling critics, so to speak. The first issue was we are two weeks away from SummerSlam. It's supposed to be WWE's second or third biggest show of the year, and they did zero on this show in terms of SummerSlam progression. They did zero with the exception of the schmoz with Becky and Natty and uh, Seth Rollins cutting a promo about Brock Lesnar. Other than that, they did nothing to progress SummerSlam, which to me is very problematic when you're two weeks out. That was number one. Number two, and we've talked this before, Sean, and this is my problem with these reunion shows. These reunion shows are a reminder to your viewing audience Mm -hmm. that the previous era's stars were bigger and more important than today's era's stars. And that is the one thing I hate when they do this. They went off the air with Steve Austin cutting a promo in a ring full of legends, and the current guys were nowhere to be found at all. And that was your main event promo on the show. And I, I saw that, and I thought they really need to find a way to interact the legends and the current stars more, uh, because they make the guys always look more important. And uh, and I knew you and I talked about the the viewing number. And what did I say to you when you when you asked about the viewing number? I said I didn't think anything of it. And the reason I didn't think anything of it is because you had three million people being reminded that the current stars don't mean shit compared I to still- the. Yeah, I still think a lot of it because of the number. We see what they can draw. We see how many people can show up there. True. Uh, it's, I mean, because there's all this 
talk of diminishing returns and all this crap, but yeah, I how, how did you not have Steve Austin interact with Becky Lynch or Kevin Owens or Kevin Owens? Did you see? Why the- did we need? Why did we need Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe on this this show? Why wasn't Roman Reigns interacting with somebody else? What I mean. I mean, have Roman Reigns out there with Seth Rollins in the click and all that stuff. Why not? I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I didn't need all that, but I'll tell you what you guys need. You need to listen to my interview with Alex Hammerstone of MLW, their national open weight champion. He's in a stable with uh, Richard Holiday and MJF right now. Actually told me that he cut his hair because he was being told that he looked too much like Triple H. It cost him some TV opportunities. This is going to be a name for, to watch out for. I told you guys this about MJF last year. Uh, keep your eye on Alex Hammerstone. Take a listen. You, you, you've had this feud that's gone on with the Hart Foundation, so you've been in there with Brian Pillman's son, but now you, you've got somebody out of his father's era in Savio Vega that you're, you're facing next week, and he's had a bit of a resurgence nationally lately with MLW and... Uh, I know he was in the J-Lit tournament recently. What what are you expecting out of a Savio Vega in the ring, like, compared to some of the younger guys that you're facing these days? Um, well, the thing is, the, you know, the younger cats, they're, you know, they've got speed, agility. They've got all the, these crazy type of aerial moves that, you know, are being innovated day in and day out. But at the end of the day, they're pretty easily put down and overpowered, whereas something like... Savio Vega, he's got a bag of tricks that, you know, maybe goes a little deeper than I am used to. So uh, I guess you could say expect unexpected, but you don't really change your game plan. Uh, you just, uh, when you're me, you've been, I've been as dominant as I've been, kind of come in planning to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, do what got you to the dance to keep on dancing. I know some people think this is kind of a little out of left field, Savio Vega and MLW, but there is at least a little bit of brief history here. He beat your buddy, MJF, in AIW, what was it, last month? Uh, well, I can't say I can't say that uh, I even uh, was aware of that, but, you know, <laughs> that just gives me <laughs> that just gives me all the more motivation to, uh, you know, do it for the dynasty. So uh, how does how are you approached with this match? Like, who's the person that comes to you and says, yep, we got you booked for New York. Savio Vega is the opponent. Well, I mean, a lot of the times, uh, that's the thing is, you know, when you're, you're in the position of uh, holding a championship title, you're kind of in the position of, you know, bringing all comers, especially with the open weight championship. It means I could be literally going up against anybody. There's, there's not a weight limit on the belt. Um, so if a contender comes in with, you know, either someone who's worked their way up through the MLW ranks or someone like Savio Vega, who's, you know, pedigree speaks for itself. So he kind of gets to cut in line, so to speak, you know, those matches, I don't really get a, you know, I don't get to turn it down. I have to kind of take all comers, you know? So a lot of times these matchups, I'm learning about them at the same time everyone else is when it's getting announced via the, you know, the MLW uh, webpage or the Twitter or whatever else it is. Man, the, the the only detriment of OBS is we don't know our time as it pertains to our interviews. So Jimmy and I talk when these are going on because I mean I did the damn interview. I know what I said. I know what he said. Yeah, I'm in the middle of doing yeah. business emails, and then I then I got to deal with that. So I have to finish this little email here. But 
Let's move on. So we were just talking about the uh, Raw reunion and how I hate how they make the previous era look like bigger stars. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about this before, about how WWE hasn't been able to create new stars in this era. Not because of the fault of the talent. It's because they don't protect guys. They book everybody 50-50. They don't allow anybody to get over at the level of, of the previous era stars. Now, they have done a good job with Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston's the one the guy that they have protected. Problem, unfortunately, is that Kofi Kingston's just not the guy. He's not a needle mover. Uh, and if anybody uh, heard about the live event, SmackDown live event on Monday night in Fort Myers, Florida, there is your proof that Kofi Kingston, unfortunately, is not a, a needle mover. We've got a picture of the live of, uh, crowd. This is courtesy of Greg Parks from Pro Wrestling Torch. Put that picture up, Brady. Oh, can you not zoom in on that a little bit? I guess you can't. No. Okay. Why did they not cancel this damn live event? What, they have a couple thousand people there, maybe? Why, why do they have that live event? Like, why do they I have mean, the live event, yeah. We say Kofi Kingston isn't a needle mover. Who is? Nobody in is. In that regard. Nobody is. No, John Cena? No. Well, I mean, Cena's not around anymore. He was. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is not the fault of anybody. It's because everybody's made to win. Everybody's made to lose. Everybody has handcuffed the promos. We don't need to go on in detail because we talked about it before. But it just exemplifies the fact that they haven't created new stars. One other point kind of along this topic, The Rock. The Rock lately is posting a lot of stuff on Twitter about wrestling. Uh, he's reminiscing a lot. And my gut tells me that he's going to be on that first SmackDown show on Fox because they're going to do a, a reunion show again when they move to Fox in October. Gut tells me Rock's going to be part of it because he's posting so much about pro wrestling. On uh, July 21st, he posted this. Did I give you that screenshot, Brady? Historic, and it's very key what he wrote here, Sean, which is why I'm mentioning it. He said, historic WWE match. He was talking about uh, him and uh, it was Kurt Angle and Undertaker. He said, was just my turn to carry the brass ring on this night. Our roster was so deep with big box office drawing talent back then. We all took turns at being number one. And I thought that was a very telling thing that he wrote because in this era, nobody, like you just said, nobody is a proven box office draw. Nobody on the entire roster, not Roman Reigns, not Kofi Kingston, not anybody. That Fort Myers shot is, is a good example of that. And it's nobody's fault. It's not the talent's fault. It's Vince McMahon's fault. But nobody is a draw. And uh, it's too bad. I'm really hoping that when AEW starts up in October, it's going light, to light a fire under WWE. And, and I don't know if Bischoff and Heyman are going to have a lot of influence, but I'm hoping that things will change. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, me too. They need it. They need they, they need do. stars. They do. They do. Now, do you remember back in the day when Eddie Guerrero won the WWE title for the first time? Yeah. Uh, over Brock Lesnar. And he didn't have the belt very long. 
And when Guerrero, you know, did interviews and stuff afterwards, he kind of acknowledged that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being the WWE champion outside of what you do inside the ring. And he acknowledged that he wasn't ready for that. Uh, and so he had to drop the title. That brings me to Seth Rollins. Uh, I really believe that Seth Rollins, through his social media activity and through his media call activity, is showing Vince McMahon, unfortunately, that he is not ready to be a main event guy on the Raw brand. Something else just came out with him. We saw him before when he was crapping on guys like uh, Will Ospreay, uh, calling him little guy and stuff, uh, the stupid shit that he does on social media. He, he was part of a media call to promote SummerSlam. Uh, John Moxley was brought up, who was one of his best friends in the business, Sean. Moxie mm-hmm. was brought up about him going to AEW. And I'm not going to read the entire, the entire quote, quote, but he basically said regarding Moxley, now he's competition. Now he's the one trying to take dinner off my table. So good on him, but we're going to do our best to continue to be the best here at WWE. Those guys want to step up to the big leagues. By all means, we're going to knock them dead just like we do everybody else. So first, Seth Rollins on Twitter talked about his bank account. When, when, when he was uh, crapping on Will Ospreay. Now he says that John Moxley's taking dinner off his table. I don't know if I want Seth Rollins, if I'm Vince McMahon, to be a guy that I rely on to do media for my company when he's going to, off the cuff, say stuff that's going to get him shit on uh, on the internet, which is basically what's been happening. You know who he sounds like? Vince McMahon in 1996. Could be. That is exactly who he sounds like. Like when he would write letters and do press releases about how WCW was vile and vulgar and all this stuff, and right. he would talk about money, whether it be good or bad. I mean, that's that's the whole Mr. McMahon character. Right. Uh, all this stuff. This is Vince McMahon. That is that. Those are his personality traits, and I think that Seth Rollins is probably looking at them and saying, "Okay, no, I think Seth is his own man. I, I yeah. just think that he's." He's all about the competition, and he's ready to rise up to the competition. He needs a little something. Like His act was real great a few years ago. It's got to be something more now. He's got to find something. And I don't know if waving the WWE flag is necessarily what that is. It will be to a lot of people. There are a lot of people who will like WWE no matter what, and they'll shit on me for even suggesting there's anything that Seth Rollins could do to improve. Oh, of course, for sure. I mean, I I applaud him for being a company man. I applaud him for being loyal. I mean, the company essentially made him into the the name that he is. So I applaud him for being loyal to them and everything. But a lot comes with being somebody that the company is going to, somebody that the company is going to turn to to represent them off television. Like, a, there's a lot that goes with that. There's a reason why The Miz, all those years that The Miz was a plug on television, they still sent him to Conan O'Brien. You know what I mean? There's a reason. Yeah. The Miz knew how to navigate that landscape because of his time on MTV or whatever. There's a reason why they would still send John Cena to do stuff when he was no longer a full-time guy. When they had the upfronts, the NBC Universal upfronts, they sent John Cena. And it's because yeah. John Cena, no, he's got that media training. He knows that you have to navigate those waters a certain way. Seth Rollins clearly has not had that training. Uh, and I don't know how WWE handles that. I don't know if they leave it up to the talent to kind of learn along the way on their own. Or I don't know if they have people to kind of prep them. Whatever the case is, if they're going to use Seth Rollins in these, in these uh, ways, they're going to have to give him proper training. Because no positivity comes out of that. He's just constantly crapped on. When he says something stupid, you know what I mean? I think uh, in a lot of ways you're 
you're born with those instincts of how to be a good PR person or be good for publicity. I mean, look at how Bailey handled that Christine Leahy thing. Yes. I don't know if that's something you could have even taught her. And I think if Seth Rollins was there, he would have been a little bit more defensive in that regard and been like, oh, they don't have to. We get paid great. I'm a main eventer, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, look at my bank like, account. Look at my bank account. Yeah, yeah exactly. at least that based on recent interactions, Bailey was able to be like, well, we make a lot of memories on the road. We're able to travel as we want. We're able to do this and that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that Seth Rollins is every bit of a main eventer. Uh, it's just there are so many people on this roster that just need a little bit of something to really set them across and be a star. And it – it's hard for me to buy Seth Rollins with a chip on his shoulder type of thing. Cause he's been a main eventer right. all the way since day one, since day one yeah. as a part of the field. Yeah. I mean, it makes him, it makes him look like he's threatened. That's kind of how he comes yeah. off. And uh, I mean, I, I really think if they gave them flexibility with promos, then you would see the cream rise to the top, whether it be with Rollins, yeah. whether it be with whoever else, if they gave them bullets and just said, you've got four minutes and go. Uh, then I think the cream would rise to the top on that. All right. Let's talk about impact wrestling. Oh, man, Sean, we got to talk about Impact Wrestling. Do you know who John Spano is? No. Okay, good. We're going to get into that. So Front Row Brian, uh, he's somebody that people know. He's uh, an MMA wrestling uh, journalist, I guess you could say. Yeah, he's not a journalist. He's, he's a bit of a source. But All right, yeah. a source. And he also goes by Fight Oracle on Twitter. So, and he's pretty, pretty reputable. Like People typically take what he says as, as, as truth. He reported on Twitter that Access Television decided to pass on bringing Impact Wrestling to their station, which is obviously really bad news for Impact. Uh, and Impact Wrestling kind of correlation to this, they had announced uh, that they're continuing their deal with Twitch. Uh, and obviously now we know why they decided to make that announcement. They decided to yeah. make that announcement because they lost the Access deal. That means that Impact's going to continue with zero viewership on Pursuit, and they're going to continue with almost zero viewership on Twitch, which is unfortunate for them. Here's where this is interesting. It was also reported that Anthem Entertainment, which is, of course, the parent of, uh, of, of Impact Wrestling, pitched the idea of buying Access Television. Isn't that amazing when Anthem Entertainment doesn't have the funds to so purchase Access Television? So, gosh, I've, I've heard quite a bit about this. One, Mike Johnson claims that the deal is still ongoing. Okay. Access told me that as far as like a Twitch multi-deal, something like that, that's that goes directly against their uh, exclusive distribution agreement as it pertains to DirecTV. So they couldn't do that, even if they wanted to. Um, as far as everything else, there's a lot of stuff that people in Access were hearing for the first time. But, you know, it was suggested, and he, see, Voices of Wrestling were the first people that reported this story, but they couldn't report elements of it because it would burn a source. Um, they confirmed all this. And the thing is, I had another person in the wrestling business who knows a bit or two about acquisitions that were like, they didn't even have the money. Like, they would have had to have done, like, debt financing and stuff. That, and, yeah, private funding or something. Now, I, I will say this. I know that the family that owns Anthem... Uh, the family that owns Anthem, that owns Anthem, I believe they're in Winnipeg, I think. Uh, and there, it's a wealthy family. I forget the name of the family, but it's a wealthy family. That being said, I don't know the valuation of Access TV, but I think Access TV's valuation is probably greater than Anthem Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just don't understand where they come off. That would be like me saying, oh, what the fuck? I'm going to buy Ring of Honor. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I, I be just, able to pretty soon, honestly. Well, okay, fine. I, I mean, look, yeah, you I get mean, where I'm coming from, right? You get where yeah, I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I mean, honestly, to be honest with you, your valuation is probably more than Anthem right now. Uh, legitimately, your companies? Uh, well, maybe the company, but the the, the family's very wealthy. So the yeah, the, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I look at that and I'm like, okay, so the word was that. Acts or that impact or anthem we're trying to find a, a a domestic home in america for fight network and i'm like could you fucking imagine being like you know what we got to get on american tv the fight network after they let john pollock waiting and robin black go yeah what and even with those guys, Sean, and I can tell you this because it, it, it's a Canadian uh, network, although I know they have some international distribution, but it's a Canadian network. Nobody watches the Fight Network, Sean. No, nobody. Even, even when Pollock and Wei Ting and uh, Robin Black were there, nobody watches the Fight Network. It's a pay station, like an, an individual pay station. Nobody watches it. But it reminded me of John Spano. So if you're not familiar, so back in 96, the New York Islanders of the NHL, they announced that they had a new owner named John Spano. Who was gonna Who was gonna buy the team for 165 million dollars? Right. This guy missed every pay deadline. Turned out that he was a con artist, and his net worth, Sean, was lower than mine. Seriously, his net worth was lower than mine, and he was a con artist that said he was gonna buy the uh, the, the New York Islanders. And obviously, it didn't happen. It all fell apart. When I hear about how far back was that? 96. My God. Yeah. When I hear that Anthem Entertainment was gonna buy Access TV. I just think to myself, who is going to buy that for a second? And Mark Cuban is not an idiot. He's not an idiot. Oh, and hell no. So, and so when this news came out that they pitched the idea and Access basically said good day to you, it's because Mark Cuban's not an idiot. He would look at that and go, I'm sorry, you're going to do what? You're not going to buy me. I'm going to buy you. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous yeah. that an Anthem, the reason we crap on Anthem is because they make business decisions like this that are an embarrassment. They are an embarrassment, and they've done it going back so many years. And we've gone on about so many of them, Jeff Jarrett and all this stuff, and the Ottawa tapings, all this stuff that they've done. It's an embarrassment. And for them to think that they're going to be taken seriously buying Access TV, unless they go into debt with public funding or private funding. I mean, Endeavor did it with the UFC, Sean. You know what I mean? Endeavor, yeah. Endeavor borrowed to get $4 billion, and Endeavor, outside of the UFC, is up Shit's Creek, Sean. And, and, you know supplied, I mean? and supplied uh, a lot of their clients with shares. Yes, they did as, that too. As incentives, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but they've also, they. I'll say this, Impact ain't landing that ESPN deal anytime soon or that pay-per-view deal. No, I know. I mean, UFC, it's, it's funny because I, I just read a thing about Endeavor the other day. UFC is profitable because they have yeah. the ESPN deal, right? UFC is currently the only profitable part of Endeavor and Endeavor, yeah. Endeavor's in the red everywhere else. The problem is because they had to borrow to get that $4 billion, they're really like bleeding money, Endeavor. But, uh, but UFC as a division is very profitable. I don't know if it's worth $4 billion necessarily, but and it's very And Dana White's laughing his way to the bank because he's got a 10-year deal. And he, gets, of everything. And he gets a cut of the, of the, of the profits yeah. too, Sean. Oh, Dana White's making a killing. He's doing good. And he enjoys it too. He enjoys the job. Yeah. So... Oh, Impact Wrestling. Okay, let's go to Stupid People. Thought we just did.
Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. So I was telling Sean uh, off the air, I don't know what it is about human beings this day and age. There are so many stories that are not only about stupid people, but they're really good stories about stupid people. You got to check out Stupid People Extended on Fightful Select. I had, yeah. th- I had three really good ones, and I got more good ones here. And this first one, Sean, it was sent in by our own Nigel. Oh, yeah, the return. And this one was reported at least all over the Canadian media. I don't know about the uh, American media, but it was reported all over the Canadian media on July 20. So the British Columbia RCMP, Sean, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, they did a press conference on Facebook Live on July 19th, uh, where Sergeant Janelle Shoyhet spoke about two people that were found dead on a remote highway uh, that was being investigated as a double homicide. Yeah. Unfortunately, this press conference went viral for reasons other than the news that it was about. Uh, what do you think happened that made this uh, press conference go viral on the news? His balls were out. Well, there was a female, uh, Sergeant oh. Jen- Janelle Shoyhead. Uh, no, when they aired that press <laughs> that conference... That really went viral. Yeah, well, it would have. When it went to, when they aired the Facebook Live press conference, they had the cat filter on. We have a picture of Brady. Ah! So Sergeant Janelle Shoyhet, while she's doing this somber press conference about these two people that were found dead, she's got cat ears and cat whiskers, Sean, <laughs> during the live press conference. Oh, now, here, here's the best part. The police department claimed that that was an automatic setting, Sean. They claimed it was an automatic setting. Sure it was. We sure need a cat filter on right now. Yeah, maybe. Very obviously, somebody was screwing around, put on the cat filter, forgot to turn it off, and then this woman is doing a serious press conference about two people that lost their lives with cat ears and whiskers on, Sean. Unbelievable. They re-recorded the press conference and they posted it on their Facebook uh, Facebook page, but uh, good for them. Good for them. Yeah, that's brutal, man. That's brutal. This next one, Sean. God damn, these are good. It's amazing that people are so stupid in such, in such ridiculous ways. This was reported by Fox News on July 19th. There's a 27-year-old woman out of Indiana. Her name is Jennifer Ost, and she was arrested for allegedly leaving her toddler in a hot car. All right? He was found watching a movie on a cell phone with the windows closed. I've seen this. Fortunately, he he was discovered early. Uh, He's fine. Police got to him, and they saved him. If you already heard it, I'll have to turn it over to Brady, but I don't know if your mic is turned on, Brady. You might have to put your mouth right to the mic so we hear you. So what was the woman doing that caused her to leave her son in a hot car? Sean, do you already know the answer? Okay, well, then, Brady, what was the woman doing that caused her to leave her son in a hot car? I have no idea. (laughs) She was in a job interview with the Department of Child Services. Oh, this one's different. Uh, oh, you the didn't one hear that this I one. saw, the one that I saw was in a she was in a liquor store. <laughs> no. This woman left her child in a hot car to take a job interview with the Department of Child Services, Sean. 
I saw a story on this TV show, Web of Lies. It's about internet crimes and uh-huh. deception, basically people getting catfished. And this girl got her kid taken, threatened to call the police. The woman gave her her kid back and then eventually ended up hanging out with that girl again, got her kid stolen again. I'm like, how can people be this stupid with their kids, man? Well, in this particular case, you know what the irony is, Sean? What's that? The irony is is that both of this woman's children, because she had another child, both of this woman's children are now in the custody yeah, of, course. of the Department of Child Services. I couldn't believe that girl I was just talking about. Her kids weren't. They, they like reunited them, and I'm like, no! Right. It's unbelievable, unbelievable, these people. This last one, SRS file, reported by the Associated Press on, on July 4th, and of course this was in Japan, because like, you know, Japan, China, India, that's where this stuff happens. So there's a pop-up exhibit at a museum in Okahama, Japan, which is just outside Tokyo. And it's getting attention for its cuteness, this story. The story is getting attention for its cuteness, Sean. Aww. Yeah. Aww. What, uh, what is the story, or what do you think this is about at this museum that's getting attention for its cuteness? They have on display a Hillbilly Jim thumb wrestler. I would actually take that if you're giving me that. I would take that, that thumb Which wrestler. does a perfect power bomb with Darren Drozdov. Look at that. The Droz bomb, look at that. Perfect. And no, this was a great find. Fun fact, this was found at the same place that you got your prototype from. Yes, remember you told me. You told same me. store. Okay, anyway, this museum, they're known for their cuteness or, or the exhibit that's uh, being uh, getting attention for cuteness. It's a poop museum. When you arrive, you're asked to sit on one of seven colorful, non-functioning toilets. You are asked to pretend to poop. Music plays, and when you get up, there is a brightly covered, colored souvenir poop uh, left inside the bowl that you can take home after the tour as a collectible. We have a picture of it. Go ahead, uh, Brady. Look at that, Sean. Oh, my God. Well, yes. I'll tell you what. If you don't want your house... To turn into a poop museum, check out the litter robot. It helped me out. I'm sure we got a link somewhere that'll give us a commission. Whoo boy. Yep, there's also a ceiling high structure in the main hall, shaped like poop. It erupts every half hour and it spits out little foam poops. That you well, can take finally. that you can take home. We were we were waiting for that. You know, yeah. the world was waiting for I that. I mean, have you ever seen the South Park episode where Bono is the world's largest shit? I have not. I can't say oh, I have. It's fantastic. they got to at least show that there. So, uh, on to other news. Ring of Honor and NWA, what the hell happened? I'm told that uh, the, the story that came out is pretty well accurate, but that uh, Ring of Honor isn't interested in any input. And that's the thing is, I've been reporting this for a very long time. You look at you look at a lot of situations, a lot of the relationships that have frayed. Uh, they the all elite guys wanted dual contracts; they didn't want to listen to input. Uh, you look at the dojo situation. I was told that the the Monster Factory guys wanted to apply some input; mm-hmm. they didn't want to listen. So that relationship ended. Uh, the NWA, I, I, from what I was told, they wanted a little more input on some things, and uh, that didn't end up working out, and the relationship frayed and. Ring of Honor is not in a good way right now. No, I mean they're really not. They, they you know, I, I was very, uh, I questioned the use of uh, Bully Ray as a, uh, as a creative force. 
Well, I he's a, he's a fantastic character, but I do wonder that myself. Yeah, I question that. I again question, we talked about this, I questioned the decisions they made at that MSG show because that was the show that everybody was watching. That was the post-Young Bucks, post-that you know that group of talent era show when they had their biggest audience, live audience they'd, they'd ever had. That was their opportunity to show their audience what they had cooked up post that group of talent. And what did they do? Like we talked about, they brought Enzo and Cass in on a one-off. They, they brought beautiful people back because of Bully Ray's input. I really questioned those decisions. Well, that wasn't supposed to be a one-off. But, yeah, there were a lot of people in the company that were pushing for Marty Skrull to get that title. And, I'm, man, I shouldn't even say this because <laughs> I, I haven't verified it yet. But the person that I spoke to in this manner was like, yeah, they wouldn't put the title on Skrull because they say that he's leaving this fall. But Matt Taven's contract, at least as of then, expired before Marty's. But mm. they believe that... Taven will resign. Right. But this is the same company, Jimmy, that let Jonathan Gresham go work New Japan for a month without a contract. And let me tell you, they were lucky to get Jonathan Gresham back from Japan because you want to talk if if you were to say to me, where's the one place that you think that Jonathan Gresham's probably gonna get snatched up by? Probably New Japan if he doesn't have a contract. Right, right. Oh, they they made some weird decisions. There was a lot of heat internally, Jimmy, because they gave their competition a crash course in how to promote a wrestling show Yeah, at a high level. A, a lot of the people that worked the all-in show, from what I was told, got Ring of Honor checks. Right. And by that, I mean like staff and stuff like that and Ring of Honor production. Ring of Honor owns the all-in footage. Yeah. For yeah. the love of God. And they gave these people that, – that was something that I guess the all-elite guys were willing to sacrifice and, man – I'll say it again, Jimmy. I don't know what New Japan could possibly see in a partnership with Ring of Honor moving forward. No, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, just the fact that they have TNT, that AEW has TNT. You know, New Japan, if they wanted, if they want to have a bigger footprint in the U.S., you want your guys on TNT. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect it's going to be a long-lasting relationship. And, and all this now is off the Summer Supercard Show here in Toronto. I think he was going to chow, he was going to defend against one of the uh, um, Villain Enterprises guys. Yeah. So that's done now. Oh man! And I thought you know you if you want to cater to today's audience, and we've seen this with AEW. If you want to cater today's to today's audience, you want to have a really good online footprint. And Ring of Honor had that with the NWA because the NWA had shown with ten pounds of gold that they were really good with the viral videos. Yeah. And, and Lagan Lagana had done a really good job, I thought, with that. And, uh, oh, man, they, this has been such a shitty year for Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? It's like the, yeah, MS, it has, the MSG show, which sold out on the backs of the guys that weren't even there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That was, you know, the, the biggest show in the history of the company. And since then, it's been all downhill for Ring of Honor. So, I, I assume this means they don't have access to Aldis or Eli Drake anymore. Eli Drake had signed, like, something with NWA. Yes, yes. He's, he's a character, too. He would have been good for them to have. Yeah, another thing about Impact Wrestling I wanted to bring up. Uh, they announced that on uh, August 2nd, Impact's going to be doing a show called Unbreakable. It's going to be on their Impact Plus uh, app, meaning no one's going to watch it. And uh, they announced, and look, we've talked about this before. I understand they want to be different because Impact is definitely coming up the rear when it comes to uh, the pecking order of pro wrestling companies. So I understand that they want to be different, and I understand that they recognize that Tessa Blanchard is their biggest star. 
but I do not understand how you think it makes sense if you are booking Impact Wrestling to have an intergender match be a number one contenders match for the Impact title. You've got uh, Brian Cage, 270 pounds of muscle, and you've got Tessa Blanchard, all 5'5", 125 pounds of her, and you want me to believe that she's going to wrestle in a number one contender match to potentially face Brian Cage for the Impact title. I cannot reiterate enough how much I hate it, Sean, that they would book that. How are you supposed to take this promotion seriously when they are... It's one thing to do an intergender match as a, as a, you know, a one-off spectacle, but when it's now a number one contenders match for your main title, I don't know how you're supposed to take them seriously. I don't like it. And uh, what are they going to do when Tessa Blanchard leaves, which she will to go to either WWE or AEW because they are both going to throw a lot of money at her. What are you going to do when you're making her the emphasis, not just of your women's division, you're making her the emphasis of your freaking world title picture too. I think it's awful, terrible booking on the, on the Every, part of Impact Wrestling. Everybody should be making offers to Tessa Blanchard. She's one of the best performers in the world. I hope she wins it, and I hope she wins the Impact World Championship too. What? Yep, I do. How does it make any sense with Brian Cage? How does it make any I sense? I don't care. It's uh, not real. Oh, man. Th- that's what I don't like about it. What I don't Ga- like about it. Gas him out. Make Ga- him go longer than five minutes. Gas him out. I mean, he, it, that didn't happen in the match that he had uh, at the last pay-per-view. Man, that was an outstanding match. Elgin. Yeah. God, that was a real good match. That ruled. Uh, that was one of Brian Cage's best performances I've ever seen. But, I mean, eh, tell a story, even if it's a comic book, whatever. I've said it before. I like pro wrestling when I can suspend my disbelief. Uh, Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan, it's tough to do. Tessa Blanchard and Brian Cage, it's freaking impossible to do. Uh, I don't want to see him sell anything for Tessa Blanchard and be taken seriously as your world I champion. Did SRS versus Melissa last year. I taught her how to do a goddamn ankle lock, Jimmy. In With fact, I respect, tried to teach no I disrespect. tried to teach her. I'm way buffer than Brian Cage, too. <laughs> so, yeah. But I tried to teach Melissa how to do a figure four, and she looked at it, and I said... I'm going to teach you something else. Oh, really? (laughs) That didn't work. The figure four did not work. So uh, SummerSlam, uh, even though Raw did uh, jack shit when it came to SummerSlam progression, (laughs) SmackDown did a lot. This week, SmackDown was 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 a decent show. This week, did Eric Bischoff have any? Did Eric Bischoff have any influence that you know of? Uh, Not that I've heard of. Uh, I know that he sat in on the meetings and stuff. So okay, I I wouldn't assume so. But the promos were incredible this week. They were really good. I I thought that uh, Kofi. I I enjoy it when they when they weave real life stuff with storyline stuff. And the reason I love it is because again, wrestling fans are not stupid, Sean. Yeah. Wrestling fans know what's going on. They're on the internet. They know the backgrounds of these guys. They're they're familiar with real life situations. So I love it when they weave in real life stuff with storyline. The Orton Kofi thing was great. I really liked it, and that's a match that interests me for SummerSlam. I really liked. The, I loved it that Shawn Michaels told Dolph Ziggler that he's a second rate Shawn Michaels wannabe because yeah. everybody sees it. That's what. With, with no disrespect to Dolph Ziggler, he is a second rate Shawn Michaels wannabe. And, That's a good good gig if you can get it. Right. And so <laughs> and so I like that a lot. I would love it if they would do Sean Dolph at SummerSlam because Sean's going to be in Toronto for NXT anyway. My gut yeah. tells me they're going to do Dolph, Miz, and maybe Sean will be guest referee or something. Well, but, as, uh, as Alex mentioned, maybe you could do it at uh, Bash at the Beheading or whatever the hell their next Saudi Arabia show is going to be. <laughs> you didn't seriously just call it that, did you? Yeah, I called it that last night, too. What, I'm supposed to give it some respectful name? 
I'd rather just 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 stay away from that. But uh, stay away from the fact that Saudi Arabia is fucking shit. No, I mean we could we talked about it before. I mean that's I mean, fine. I, I'm not poking fun at it. It's fucking horrible what happened. I know, I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I mean, Sean has shown that he will work those shows. And and the guy's still in great shape. Did you see him take that bump, Sean? Yeah, it was great. He's, it was amazing. He's incredible. He is still, it was he is amazing. still really I, good. I love that I was able to say something on the air that got you to go, but did you just say that? Yeah, we might talk off the during, air about during that. During the Fightful documentary this moment will be brought up and you'll be like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> I had to talk to him off the air and say, man, I don't like to get political. Nice. Nice. So like, one thing I want to one thing I want to say about SummerSlam. So they've officially announced six matches, uh, Brock Rollins, Kofi Orton, Becky Natty, Bailey Ember, Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor. Uh, apparently they are going to announce Charlotte Trish Stratus, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. obviously it's a one-off. Trish has a very short commute. To get to the Scotia Bank Arena, and uh, she's still in great shape for her age. Hell, for any age, but she's still in great shape. And I'm sure Charlotte's going to go over, and it's fine. I don't think Trish cares. I'm not sure if I've ever seen Trish. Can you recall the last time Trish lost by submission? Can you no. recall? So I think yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see her tap out to the figure eight. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's all cool. But when you look at the roster, and when you look at who has not been announced yet. Two weeks before SummerSlam for anything officially yet. AJ Styles, nothing official yet. Uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, although maybe they're going to get there. The New Day, The Revival, The Usos, Aleister Black, Andrade, Daniel Bryan, Drew McIntyre, Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio, The Viking Raiders. None of these guys have anything official, and we are two weeks away from SummerSlam. Uh, they, they got a lot of work to do, but like I said, we already have six matches official. Charlotte and Trish will be made official. That's seven matches. If you look at all the guys with nothing official yet, I don't want another 14-match show, Sean. Yeah, you I, know what I'm saying? I, I hope they do say Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Roman Reigns against the club. But you know what? Right. I'd, ha- I'd have the club go over there, too. And there's I'd nothing the wrong club. with doing that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with doing that. Yep. I would have them do that. That would be cool. You can bill it as... The biggest six-man tag ever when it wouldn't be. But, you know, they, they do that. Um, yeah, don't give me 16, 17 matches. We got like 13, was it, at Extreme Rules? Let me... Let me 11, I thought, wasn't it? Or, oh, or no, no, 12. no. It became 12, I think. No, it was 12, and then technically it became 13 because of the Brock thing. Oh. Uh, also... Uh, worth mentioning, although we don't want to spend too much time on it, WWE did officially announce that a WWE Network relaunch was coming this week with a new thing that's long overdue. I uh, have details on that in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly this week. I have it on the Fightful Select Backstage Report podcast. We reported a bunch of this stuff way back in April. So go take a look. FightfulSelect.com, the most direct way to support what we do, helps us pay writers, podcasters, all that stuff. It helps me afford gifts for Jimmy Van. All of the gifts that I get Jimmy, it, it helps me afford them. Man, and all I got you was a flight and a hotel and uh, a lot of your meals covered for five days in Toronto, well, man. You, know, you can't put a price tag on some of this stuff, Jimmy. I mean, actually, you could yeah, have. Yeah, you could. Yeah, that's like, what, a buck ninety-nine or something? Well, back in 2006 when this was bought, Sure, sure. But you, are you saying you can put a price on my dead grandparents' precious memories? Well, no. That one you probably can't. No. No, you can't. 
FightfulSelect.com, Fightful.com. Jimmy, you got anything else? Have you had a good birthday so far? Actually, it's been, yeah. I mean, like I said, I had uh, a surprise party Sunday. Uh, I'm going to go home and hang out with my kids tonight. My daughter uh, ran into my room this morning, woke me up, gave me my card, then proceeded to take it away because she wanted to open it. <laughs> I like but, it. Uh, I, I admire that. Going to go home, have uh, have dinner with my family. My office was amazing. They gave me the Tim Hortons cake. I'm a very lucky man. I got a great team. And uh, things are good. Life is good, man. Can't complain. This is why Same. this is why I don't respond to trolls, Sean, because I'm not a miserable person. I'm not either. I'm very happy. Well, then I got no answer for why you do it, Sean. I don't know. Well, hot diggity dog, guys. Thank you all so much. Leave a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe. Until next time, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.